you're listening to the We Speak Common Podcast Network. For more information and to support the show, head to wespeakcommon.com. Hello and welcome to this episode of Legends and Lore, brought to you in partnership with The Dice Dungeon and Describe, the one-stop shop for you to go and get your wonderful D&D dice, all the books you need to enjoy, the modules or rule sets that are available in D&D, and all extra accessories. And of course, Describe, spelled D-S-C-R-Y-B, the place to go to add immersion to your game, whether it's descriptions of places, scenes, monsters and spells, or their sonic library we'll talk more about what those guys have got going on at some point in the episode and you can find a links to their websites in the show notes below as well as the codes to get 10% off your purchases slash subscriptions this episode i am joined by james to talk about giants the massive behemoth humanoid like creatures that exist in our worlds that cause havoc and are kind of criminally underused welcome to we speak common And welcome to the episode. James, hello. Hello. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since you've been here. Yeah, the last one we did was... What was the last one we did? What oh, can I never remember? I don't know, it's already gone from my memory as well. And it's not <laughs> It's not really been that long. Was it before I went away? I think it was, it was before you went away, yeah. Uh, that'll be why, I can't remember what it was. Do you want me uh, to shut... I'm, I'm going to have to go and look, it's annoying me now. See if you can guess before I get it up. Um, oh, oh, it was the cap game catch up. There we go. It was the game catch up. You're right. We did have a big catch up about our games and how you broke my memory, yeah, and my mind and just everything about me. Um, how you been? What's going on? Pretty good. I've got got a week off. Good. You need um, it. Yeah. Although um, I have been discovered. <laughs> this is this is my favorite thing. So, uh, for those who maybe are new to the network or are joining for an episode in a while and haven't heard uh, much about James, he is a what, what? You're a teacher. Yeah. Which is, a, I mean, I know you on a personal level. That's a scary thought. The fact that you shape the minds of tomorrow. But there we go. Um, oh, the stories I could tell. Uh, so you, you came on an episode a long time ago to talk about running D&D for younger audiences, yep. <laughs> which is something we had requested a lot because in your school, you ran a D&D club, yep. which made you like the, the perfect person to talk about it. Um, and I think that's the first time you told me someone from the school had discovered you. Yeah. So, um, I think I accidentally let slip that I was recording later. Um, mm. And all oh, recording what? I was like, oh, I'll do this, do this podcast with, with my friend. Like, oh, it's because like, I'm not that mentioning it. They're like, it's on D&D, isn't it, sir? I was like, yes, you know, <laughs> they know me far too well. Well, it's either going to be on D&D um, or history, let's be honest. Yeah, this, these guys are six footers by this point. Mm. Um, and then Q, two of them, Bella and Loxy, hello if, if you're listening. Um, trying to find it for like half the lesson, despite my insistence to get on with the world work oh. until um, a third one joined in and found it within two minutes. <laughs> That's impressive, actually. And that yeah. actually means my SEO is is, um, is very good. So I'm glad that they found it quickly. Okay, so Bella and Loxie, is the third one got a name? Finley. Okay, Bella, Loxie, Finley. All right, well, um, 
I know that you don't want them listening to D&D podcasts during your lesson. Well, definitely not. I mean, F- Finley has already um, quoted me from the podcast saying that I hate children. <laughs> I mean, don't we all? I mean, personally, couldn't think of anything worse than children. Yeah. Um, okay, don't listen to the podcast during class. I mean, do it if you want to. Definitely don't go into the description below and buy James some dice using the We Speak Common Discord uh, discount codes from the Dice Dungeon. Definitely do that. And uh, what else can I get? How can I, how can I really ruin your work life right now? What's I mean, the they'll, they'll find a way. Don't worry. They, oh, they yeah, will find but, a way. Yeah, but they're already part, part of it. They're already plotting on invading my office and covering it in communist propaganda. I thought your office already was covered in communist propaganda. <laughs> no, it's not. It's <laughs> <laughs> not what my messages say. Um, do you know, speaking of communist propaganda, what a segue. I once knew a girl in, don't laugh too hard. I did that while you were taking a sip of water. Sorry. Um, I knew a girl in high school who was really into history almost as much as oh, you Oh, I know James. exactly who you're about to talk about. I'm not going to say their name, but she stood up in history class. I know she stood up, but she let slip at one point that she had a Nazi flag above her bed. <laughs> yeah, that, I, knew the, I knew exactly where you were going with that one, and that was it. <laughs> and like, I, I, look, I, points for passion, I guess, but maybe there's a, a better flag to hang than, you know, the fascist regime. Um, but there we go. I also, <laughs> I went on a hike on Monday and um, I was like with a new, new group of people, like, so, you know, about 15 of us yeah. and we're hiking up a mountain and we're all sweating our tits off and like climbing up rocks and whatever and trying to get to know each other at the same time. And I was talking to one of them about like traveling and stuff. And um, they said like, oh, are you, have you got any more trips planned this year? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm not really because I've, I've got a stag do in September. So I'm, I've kind of like allotted my September travel time to go to Bucharest, Bucharest, however you say it. I never know. Romania. And, um, <laughs> Bucharest, isn't it? I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, I've never been. I'll find out when I go. And, uh, and I probably won't remember it either. It's a three day stag do. Um, and I let slip. I was like, oh, my mate, who's a history teacher messaged me the other day and was like, you know, I really want to go to Auschwitz and I've never been. Do you want to go with me? And he looked at me and went, bit of a depressing holiday, isn't it? I was like, well, yeah, but I also really want to go. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do it at some point. So it won't be the whole trip. We'll do fun things as well. Um, so yeah, so there you go. You get a shout out in my hiking group as well. Um, yeah, well, that's good. So you're you've got a week off. You're chilling out. You've um you're you're living the insufferable life of hearing about my podcast and stopping you talk to me and while you're teaching lessons, which is fantastic. Yep. Um, what am I doing? Uh, I've I've completely destroyed my body. It's, well, not true. Sort of. I went on this hike on Monday. Um, doesn't, it was, it just, doesn't it just reform when destroyed? Well, I mean, that's why I did it. So I so I did a thirty hour fast on on Sunday, and I felt incredible. Really good. Ate some food, like went back into digesting, went on this big hike. I say big hike, it was a medium hike. It was like six and a half miles, 16 foot elevation. But it was like really sunny, really hot. Pretty sure I got sunstroke. Um, came, was, went to work on Tuesday, um, came home, was like, oh, I'll, I'll book the studio. I'll go do some yoga, but I'll do like really light, light yoga, like, you know, just stretch because I ache. Laid down on my bed and fell asleep for an hour and a half. Um, just felt really queasy. 
went climbing Wednesday night. Now can't grip anything. I can't even open my own fridge because it requires me to like grip it like a like a climbing grip. It's awful. That was the fasting, I guess. Well, no, my, uh, well, yeah. But this is the thing. My sister called me today um, and she uh, she went, how are you? Haven't spoken in a while. I was like, yeah, fine. I said, I've been a bit, not been great the last day. It's been a, been a bit queasy. She went, mm, is that because you fasted because you didn't eat for 30 days? I was like, no, actually, it's because I got sunstroke. She's like, oh. I was like, yeah. Yeah, shut up. It's not because I fasted. <laughs> yeah, get back in your box. Um, so, yeah, so I, uh, I'm like achy and recovering. I'm going to a gig tomorrow, so I'm hoping I feel better. But I've had one of those weeks where, like, <laughs> I'm telling everybody this. I'm, like, properly riding the high of this. Someone said to me, one of these people on these hikes I hadn't met before, I met for the first time, and we were talking about climbing. And uh, he went, wow, you've got the right build for it because you're tall and lean. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I've never been called tall and lean before. And then today at work, someone from the office came down and was like, you're quite active. I was like, what? Like, oh, your Instagram. Like, you've just been really active. I was like, oh, yeah, I just, just don't know. Like, so we're just trying to get back into the swing of it after being away. Um, and he went, yeah, yeah. You do kind of live those Insta-life goals, though, don't you? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I fucking do. So, yeah, so I'm, um, I'm in a really good mood. He's <laughs> just riding those compliments. Yeah. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be riding those for weeks, you will. <laughs> I'll be talking about it forever. Um, the only thing that this week hasn't had is any D&D in it, James. I know, it has been sad on that front. It's, it's all Ray and Wesley's fault. Yeah, yeah. We we could have had one D D game this week, but then then Wesley had to go on holiday. I mean, we can forgive Ray. He is getting married. Wesley's just. I don't, is Wesley going on holiday? I think it just, well, it just says Wes away, so I assume he's on holiday or something. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. It's what you get, you have a shared calendar. It, well, that biggest tip of the day: get a shared calendar for shutting yeah. D and D games. Shutting anything really. Um, so yeah, so no D and D, and I have spent pretty much every other waking moment where I'm not actively doing something, thinking about the Tomb of the Nine Gods and Aserak. Um, I have now fully like planned out his arrival. Nice. I've soundtracked it. Soundtracked it. I've soundtracked it. So I've got a playlist with songs in a specific order. Cool. Um, for his arrival and the battle. Uh, I can't wait. I uh, generally, I just, I just want to, I just want to kill you. I just want to get in the team and I want to uh, kill you all. Well, I can't wait for where you're going with Orlo either. We can't talk about that. No. I genuinely, I might have a breakdown if we keep talking about that. That is that. true. Um, we've had a session since now. We've had two actually, but we've had one where Orlo's had a conversation with Vecna and I, I don't know what to do. Uh, and actually, props to Wesley. Dave said this to me. So it's me, Dave, and Wes in that party. And Dave, um, bless his heart, had like a good half hour to 40 minutes of just listening to me and Wesley argue in character. <laughs> um, and like, he, he said to me afterwards, like the day later, like that was incredibly entertaining. And I was like, I'm so glad because otherwise you would, I felt really bad. Um, but Wesley's character said some incredible things and I don't know what to do now as all I. Well, you could always just die. Do you know what? I've never wanted my D&D character to die so much just, just so I don't have to make a choice, <laughs> honestly. Um, 
Because then I can come in as some fun-loving, I don't know, bard or something who's just there to save the world and not have to worry about all of this chaotic shit. Yeah, I'm sure that'd go down well. Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I can't say anything more about it because I, like Orlo, do not know what to do. So um, yeah, that's where I'm at. There you go. Cool. Should we talk about giants? Probably should. That is the topic of today's episode. It is. Um, okay, so let's start with this. We're going to talk about giants. Uh, this is a prelude to the the new D&D book. New if you're listening to this as it releases. Bigby Presents Glory of the Giants. It is Watsy's new 5th edition book on giants. It comes out in August. And we are going to give a kind of like... 101 on the Giants, kind of the, the general stuff that you should know. And can I, can I just mention? Yeah. Thank fuck for coming out of the book, because in checking stuff for this episode, the last time they realistically, comprehensively covered Giants in any way, shape or form was the Monster Manual. <laughs> yeah, which is 10 years ago, almost. And here's the thing. I saw a fantastic tweet recently <laughs> when they announced the release, uh, the, the release date. And uh, I love it. So I'm going to leave you with this. I know there's a lot of contention right now around Watsy. We feel it. Everyone feels it. They've just announced the prices of the books are going up. Um, they buy £10 if you're in the UK. Um, let's, let's just say that the books haven't recently hit the mark. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with this one, you know? Yeah. I think if you're going to buy it, use a 10% discount code so that you're not paying full price for it, like the one you might find in the description below. Um, we'll get it. We'll read it. We'll have a look, look through it. If you want something about Giants that isn't 5e, the AD&D modules around the Giants are fantastic um, and can be converted to 5th edition. So there you go. I'll leave that out there. Um, so the only other thing I want to say before we really get into it is that we're going to be using stuff from 5e, which mostly focuses on Faerun, because that's the main setting of, uh, of Dungeons Dragons Edition. So we're talking about giants, but it's a lot of their Faerunian lore, basically. And that's what's going to be presented mostly in Glory of the Giants. Um, and having mentioned that to Dave, his response was, oh yeah, God, fuck, yeah, ugh, Eberron Giants, fucking hell. So I went, okay, <laughs> and left it there. Um, so if you're looking for some, uh, some generic high fantasy giant lore, this is the stuff. And if you're looking for an idea of what's going to be in um, Glory of the Giants, then this is also the stuff. And the sun has just started setting, and now I can't see my computer screen. So this might be a very interesting, um, interesting read for me, because all my notes are digital today. Um, okay, let's start with, should we start with the Monster Manual? And what's presented? Yeah, we might as well. In there. Because it's not... It's not a lot. It's a couple of paragraphs, basically. So it basically says... Uh, I'm going to read this verbatim because it's the Monster Manual. Page 149. Uh, 49, yeah. Ancient empires once cast long shadows over a world that quaked beneath the giant's feet. In those lost days, these towering figures were dragon slayers, dreamers, crafters, and kings. But their kind fell from glory long ago. However... Even divided among secluded clans scattered throughout the world, the giants maintain the customs and traditions of old. In remote regions of the world, the last remaining 
plinths, monoliths, and statues of the great giant empires bow their heads in desolate obscurity. Uh, it goes on to talk a bit about the ordering, which we'll get into, and it just states the fact that, hey, giants are as old as dragons, which were, by the way, young when the giants were around. The giants are older than the dragons, and we'll, we'll talk a bit about that too. It doesn't go into their history. It just says... It's the, it's the other way around, Ben. Huh? The dragons are slightly older than the giants. I thought it was the other way around. No, because if you think about it this way, if the dragons are already young when the giants popped on the scene... No, no, no. You mis- I, I, you've misunderstood what I'm saying. The, the giants were there, and then the dragons turned up. In Faerunian lore. Anyway, um, hang on. Let me get the exact line. It's in here. Um... As they spread across new lands, giants and dragons fought bitter, blah, 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 blah. Uh... Oh, Gi- no, giants, you're right. Yeah, yeah, giants are almost as old as dragons. Like, come on, man. So that's, that's a <laughs> rewrite then, because having, because uh, in my research, looking into this, in some of the old lore, the giants were older than the dragons. Yeah. So that's fun. So you're going to come up with stuff like that. So well, this, this is the thing. These are one of the creatures that haven't been, haven't been looked at with a magnifying glass in a long time, as you said earlier, like the Monster Manual was the, first, like the, the last time they wrote about them. So well, well, you kind of have to take everything with a pinch of salt. Well, there's an adventure, isn't there, I suppose, that we should mention. Yeah, which, it, I mean, it, it barely gives you anything. Mm. Um, oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, our so, adventure on giants, hard to give you anything on giants. Yeah, Storm King's Thunder is um, not a book full of lore. It does give you runes, though, which are quite cool. Yeah. That you can use as magic, in air quotes. And then, um, I suppose, the one other thing it gives is a couple of extra features you can add on to the end of giant stat blocks. Um, but... How, how exciting. It's, it's, yeah, it's very exciting. Um, so yeah so basically the monster manual says hey the giants are are old they fought the dragons they're scattered now and they have this thing called the ordering so let's talk about where the giants come from their original air quotes original history in the realms and what that means for giants now from what I understand James and correct me if I'm wrong the giants so before Faerun was the Forgotten Realms and was the Sword Coast and all the different areas and regions and landmasses that we know it as now, it was split up quite differently. And the giants had a big kingdom and it was kind of up. If you imagine a map of the Forgotten Realms, but, yeah. you know, the big one, not the small one from 5th edition, uh, they were kind of up in the northeast, and which is a, a region of the map that isn't really looked at anymore. Um. Very kind of, when I think of giants, I think of like Norse kind of inspiration, yeah. which I think fits them quite well. Uh, they had a big kingdom and they kind of just like, they ruled and they lived and they were a, a society and they were, they were doing great. They were kind of fine. Yeah. This time is years and years and years and years ago in Faerun. So I, this I, is before man. I have a date for you. Oh my God, you've got a date. <laughs> Well, uh, I've got the I've got the date of the last giant empire, and it has a pretty pretty large spanning date. Gone minus thirty thousand dr to mm-hmm. minus two thousand four hundred and seventy five dr. 
DR being Dale Reckoning. Yeah. So this is before man, before elf, before dwarves have crawled up out of the out of the mighty halls, before, you know, halflings and gnomes. There are lizard men, there are um I think Aracocra are around at this point. It's all kind of the obscure, a bit more non-humanoid races that are around. And uh, they have their kingdom and they wage wars just like any other kingdom does. Then they get into a big fight with the dragons. I could, we, can, we can go in a bit more detail. With the dragons or with the kingdom? With, with the kingdom. Go on then. So it was called, I believe, Astoria. I may be pronouncing that horribly wrong. No, I have um, the story written down too. Yeah, and it was founded by Anam the Allfather, who is like yes. the OG giant, as it were. He's um, like Odin. Yeah. Um, he's got Ophia as a wife, um, and he has a bunch of children. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, they've all got names, but effectively, um, each of the true giants, that category of true giants... Um, Being so his got, children. Yeah, you've got your Titans, your Storms, your Cloud, your Fire and your Frost, your Stone, your Hill, and your Ettins. Mm-hmm. Um, he gives them all a bit of land in the kingdom because it's fucking huge, basically. So mm-hmm. he gives them all a bit of land in the kingdom, um, apart from the Ettin one, whose name currently escapes me. Um, and then they kind of exist for a very, very long time. And remind me, Ettins are the ones with two heads, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yeah, um, yeah. And Titans are a, a type of giant that we don't see in D&D anymore. No, and we can get into that later. Yes. <laughs> so all of the kids go off and have their own areas. The kingdom exists. Uh, and it just kind of continues to exist for a while. And then unless James is going to pull another date out of his bummel, uh, the war with the dragon starts at some point. Yep. I don't have a date, but they are attacked by the god, the dragon god, Garrix. Yes. That is Gary with an X on the end. Wow. (laughs) What what great imaginative name. And here we are with dragons like Shigala Higanoff and Micho Kandasin and Um, whatever. who, Who, information on him, by the way, is very, very sparse. It tends to be the way with the old the old guys, doesn't it? Yeah. Um he attacks in like avatar form. Mm. Um and it well it doesn't go well. <laughs> for him or for the, the giants? For, for for the giants, pretty much. Um They get wrecked. But I, I suppose if you think about it, the giant kingdom effectively goes the way of ancient Rome. It gets torn down of a combination of inside, outside threats, and natural disasters. Yeah, they they have a really bad time, basically. Um, the war spans a really long period of time. And because of that, other things happen while they're fighting. So while the giants are fighting the dragons, and for a while they're doing all right, um, then it just gets worse and worse and worse. They start to lose. There's natural events. There's like the kingdom starts to crumble. A god it's dies. Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> which, ma- which makes the entire like northern part of the kingdom just freeze over. <laughs> Yeah, classic, classic God dying stuff. Um, and I, I, I don't, okay, so I can't remember who sits down with um, Am, the Allfather. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's Gary X or if it's someone else, but he sits down and plays a game of chess with whoever's in charge of the dragons at the time. 
Oh, I've not, I've not heard this bit. This is this is how the war ends. It's ridiculous. They sit down and they play a game of chess or a game similar to chess to decide who's going to win. And they decide that it's like a draw. <laughs> like they don't, they don't. Neither of them win basically. Um, and that's how the war ends after both sides taking loads of losses and and whatever. Um, during all of that, a little bit non-giant related, Tiamat and Bahamat become a thing and start doing their stuff and that's when the draconic and the metallic uh, not draconic the chromatic and metallic dragons split and become two separate things um which i think is partly why the dragons lose a bit of oomph in the fight but yeah so it all goes sour basically and both races i suppose of these giant amazing creatures lose almost everything they lose any right to kingdom so i feel like this might be a point where there's there's weird contradictions going on. Go on, what have you got? So, I don't have the, the exact ending of the war, mm. but effectively, at the end of the war, that giant kingdom is destroyed. Yes. So what Anon does is he goes, fuck you guys. <laughs> You're all shits now. Bye. And then fucks off and ignores them. Yeah. But you so, also have... Go on. At, towards the end... The Naxxus, who is one of his kids, who's the head of the Titans, um, wants to poison his mum, Ophia, because she tells him, no, you cannot go to your citadel, which is in, under threat of being frozen over by this great glacier because mm. of the dead god. He then accidentally poisons everyone. <laughs> so all of, his, all of his brothers and sisters, he accidentally poisons them along with his mum. Um... Ophia then, with her dying breath, basically curses him that if he ever leaves her shadow, then he loses his immortality. The rest of the Titans then leg it off to Arborea, mm-hmm. which then leads to the whole creation of the Greek pantheon and stuff, mm-hmm. which is a really interesting thing. Um, and then what exactly happens to Lenaxis isn't clear. He kind of comes back... But then another guy comes back with Anam's axe and basically cleaves the dead body of his mum in two, which completely destroys him. We are we are like brushing over so many things right now. <laughs> You've lost me. So what I what I found in my research was that this this is why we do these episodes because it's so fucking mental how much stuff is out there. <laughs> so I found that um, so Anam and the dragon, whoever's in charge of the time, sit down and have this game of chess. It's a draw. Anam gets pissed off and goes, I'm out. I'm bailing. I don't care anymore. The kingdom's destroyed. There's nothing for me here. I'm gone. And he leaves. And all of the kids go, well, hang on a second. <laughs> Who's in charge now? Um, I, didn't, I didn't hear the mum got involved at all. So then I heard that like they all start infighting with each other. Mm. And um, basically, you know, I'm better. I'm better. I'm stronger. Blah, 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 blah whatever, through all the different types of giants. And um, the Titans fuck off to Aborea. I'm really sweary today, sorry. Um, I, I, how that creates the Greek pantheon, I have no idea. Because if, if you... Um, I'm not the greatest of expert in Greek mythology, but it's the whole thing of, obviously, Titans, like you've got like Prometheus, mm. um, 
he's he's one of them that fucks off to Arboria. Wait, and I so think, he, so, so I, is is, is the Titan he, law in, in Faerun that the Titans from the Greek pantheon started in Faerun and then went to Greece? Yeah, they went to Arboria, and then I think through some series of weird weird sequences of events, it then morphs into what is we what we understand as Greek mythology. And then you end up with literally like the Olympian pantheon, then overthrowing those titans and sending them to Carcery, I think, which is another yeah. plane, which is like hell, basically, I gather. This is fantastic. Okay, so I got to the point where the titans said, we're dipping, and I was like, cool, don't care about them anymore. Um I'm going to follow the giant route. No, so, I followed that rabbit hole then. <laughs> and that is why you are here on this show. Um, okay, fantastic. So there's a nice little tidbit for you. Um, so the giants all start fighting and uh, kind of separate. And it, it goes that way for a long time. And so the, the wheel of time continues to turn and things move on and the world adapts and changes. And as it does, less and less of the giant presence is is felt effectively on on the realms um should we i guess at this point we should talk about what the ordning is because it's about now yeah i mean when that comes into play i mean i think that's the thing where i i was under the impression that anna but basically when he handed out his parcels of land yeah that was how he decided the ordning yeah but it doesn't really come into effect until he leaves and they're all because it kind of exists and has a purpose in their society. Yeah. But then when there's no society now, it's just kind of the one thing that's left over that forms a structure. So the giants are all split up. They're all kind of doing their own things. They're spread out. There's not many of them. And the one thing that they respect that's left over from their great time, as it were, when Rome existed in their, in their case, um, is the ordning. And so that's why they still follow it. It's like, it's all that's left really. So, the ordning is a. It's a. It is. Um. It's something a little bit more than a social thing. Yeah, it's like um, it's like a. It's I, I guess the easiest way to describe it would be like a hierarchy. It's a caste system, effectively. Yeah. But when I say more than a social thing, is there is definitely a magical or divine element to it, because the whole thing behind Storm King's Thunder, um, is the idea that and it. Storm King's Thunder canonically takes place after Tyranny of Dragons. Um, in that Anam looks down, sees what's happened, and goes, Why did none of my children get involved in this? Mm. They've, they've all grown horribly complacent. That's it. He then breaks the ordning, which all mm. the giants just in their brains have like a spider sense of, Oh, the ordning is broken. Um, and then they start to, that's when they start to properly infight to try and decide the, the new ordning. Yeah, because so it, it, the easiest way to imagine it is like a, a, a hierarchy, like and they, they abide by it. And then it's then it's the casty kind of side, but also, OK, it's a magical thing. They abide by it because they have to abide by it. They don't go against it. It just is as it is. Some giants are better than others. Um, so in the monster manual. Uh, it's. It says, or it's described as, by understanding its place in the ordning, a giant knows which other giants are inferior or superior to it, since no two giants are equal. Each of the giant races analyze a different combination of skills or qualities to determine the ordning. Giants make excelling in these qualities the purpose of their lives. So the highest level of the ordning... Is the titans. Is the titans, <laughs> they but they're not still around. technically in it. They're, they're gone. They don't, 
they don't yeah. mess with us anymore. Um, but it, that's be so cool, then, then it's cool adventure hook. One of them comes back. That would be so cool. How you would start that, I have no idea. I mean, go and have a look at the Odyssey of the Dragon Lords because there's Titans in that. Yeah. That is based on Greek mythology, like much closer than yeah. than any of this. Um, so the next rank down from the Titans, which is the one that matters to everyone in Faerun because they're still around, is the Storm Giants. They are the highest ranking in the well, audience. Well, arguably they don't really matter. We'll get to that. Then uh, they're followed by the Cloud Giants, mm-hmm. then the Fire Giants, then the Frost Giants, then the Stone Giants, then the Heel Giants. Heel? Heel? Heel. Heel, Heel Giants, Heel Ben. Giants. <laughs> yeah, I just messed my voice up there. I couldn't pronounce it. Um, you try saying it five times fast. It's difficult. Hill, hill, uh, hill, 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 hill. All right, fine. Not We're not all perfect. Bed. Jesus. Uh, then after the hill, it's giant kin. So that includes um, Fomorians, Etins, and Ogres. Etins are not giant kin. They are true giants. They are at the bottom well, of the ordinary. Well, James, the monster manual says, right, the, and the, I quote, no, true, giant kings such as Fomorians, Etins, and Ogres. No, because true giants are ones which trace their lineage back to Anam and Ophia, which includes Etins, because they are the offspring of, and I had found their name, Arno and Julian, who was the runt of um, Anam's litter, and mm-hmm. then the giant kin, so like your Furbolgs, Verbeegs, Ogres, Cyclops, um, Vodkin and Fomorians are the ones that are only can only trace it back to Ophia from presumably having some kind of an affair um, and not Anam. So just to make this even worse, I'm going to go and look up the, the Etin entry in the Monster Manual. Because this is where, this is the problem with D&D being nearly 50 years old, is so many things contradict each other. Here we go, Etin. Etin is a foul two-headed giant with, a, uh, with the crude characteristics of an orc. It never bathes if it can help it, and its thick skin is usually encrusted with a layer of dirt and grime beneath the stinking holes it wears, um, hides it wears. Dual personality, solitary lives, as much as, uh, as an argues with itself, blah, 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 blah. Two heads better than one. Uh, so they are listed as a giant uh, on their stat block, and there is nothing in its description. I'm just no, no, tracing oh. through it now. Arguably, you could say that there is an in-universe explanation for that in that Etins, um, there isn't a clear consensus where they come from. Um, yeah, okay, that's interesting because this says here, Orcish ties. In ancient dialects of common, the word Etin translates as ugly giant. Legends tell of orcs that once stumbled upon a temple to Demogorgon, yeah. the magic of which transformed them into giant mockeries of the twin-headed yeah. prince demons driven to near um, as these creatures scattered into the wilderness to become the first ends. Yeah, and there are some Etins that believe Demogorgon made them. Um, but they, they, because of their sort of their level, as it were, their savagery, they don't have an inkling of their history and such for the most part. So what you're telling me, James, is that even the creators at D&D can't decide what the lore of these guys is? No, I think it, it is decided as it is they're descended from Arno and Julian, who is the sons, the runt of litter of Anum. But mm-hmm. in-universe, some people, I presume, kind of know that, but most people don't have a clue. And Yeah, yeah see, this is the, the level of age in the history is that any, if you're playing in-game in the current year in, in Faerun, which is like 1492, 
nobody alive is going to know this history. It's so obscure and so far in the past that it probably doesn't really exist in the record books anymore. Yeah. Um, which is one, like kind of interesting and two makes it kind of useless <laughs> as, <laughs> as plot information and lore. It's just kind of this, like it's, if you're playing with, if you've got a, me and James in your campaign, it's great. Cause we're the kind of people who geek about this stuff and go, Oh, Oh, that's an interesting little fact or yeah. fake, fake history. But <laughs> to anyone else, it doesn't matter. And no one's going to pick up on it. So, um, Okay. I like your take that maybe we're in the realms of, well, the actual truth is this, but they believe in world it's this. I also just believe there's a little bit of disconnect between 5e and its complete D&D history, but yes, we'll never know for sure. Um, anyway, so that's the ordering. So storm, cloud, fire, frost, stone, yeah. hill, etin, everything else. There are obviously a bunch of offshoots of loads of different other types of giants. Um, like off the top of my head, like there's like ash giants um, and other things that pop up in places. They are, their position in the ordning is just flat out unknown. Um, yeah. But they are in some way related to the that sort of that main core group. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's, that's kind of the stuff I expect to see in Big B Presents Glory of the Giants is like those more focused, interesting bits about tracks. I mean, basically take Fisburn's Tome of, uh, Fisbin's Treasury Dragons and imagine that as a giant book. So I imagine there will be those kind of new offshoots of giants or not new but air quotes new offshoots yeah. of giants that we'll see sort of fleshed out a bit more because the Monster Manual does have sections on each type of giant. It has storm, cloud, fire etc etc. Yeah. Uh, and you can go and read up on all of them. They all have kind of different um, different lifestyles and different things that they love doing. So like the fire giants are crafters and warriors and the, uh, the cloud giants live these kind of extravagant lives high above everything else. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's we, all that kind of stuff. Are we going to go through each of them? Uh, let's do a quick touch on each of them. Mm-hmm. Then let's talk about uh, any law we've got left. We want to cover like relevant law to the, to the now times. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about using giants. So, start with start with the top. Start with Storm. Yeah, we'll start with Storm, guys. What do you got for me, James? These guys have checked out. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, yes, they. I think that the interesting thing that I guess me they are either high above, like so ridiculously high, they're separated, or they are below the sea. Um, they are just completely separate from everything going on. They're kind of mm. like mystical sky oracles, effectively. They yeah. they live for ages. They've seen so much of what's going on. They think at this point, that d- does any of it really matter? Um, and they spend <laughs> their time gazing at the stars, trying to tell the future. Um, and they're that solitary. They'll meet up, have a child. And then the moment it's an adult, they're like, right, never see you again. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it, they're kind of like... <laughs> What is life? Who cares? And we should say as well that in mechanically in game, we're going down the ordering. So we're starting with the biggest, both yeah. literally and figuratively. So in the ordering, they're the top, but in size, they're the biggest. And yeah. also in CR rating, they're the hardest. So storm yeah. giants are on average 26 feet tall. They're also mental. One of the two kinds of the, the true giants, as it were, that are able 
to cast spells according to their stat blocks. Yeah. So they're they're special. They're really cool. I love them. I think they're cool. I think they're interesting. I think well, they're they're um, kind of and I I said this the other day to Dave. Like I think giants in general kind of sit on the borderline of uncanny valley. They sit on that borderline of like cosmic horror because we as human beings playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons will find it very difficult to imagine looking at a being that is 26 feet tall. Yeah. Like even animals that live in our world aren't that big that we see just walking around doing shit, you know? Um, yeah, a giraffe's really big. I mean, if you go into a zoo and sit next to a giraffe, you'll be like, wow, that's really I tall, but it's, it's not like the same. A, a little dog, like a pug. Yeah. Looking up. Look, uh, looking up. Uh, a, a fully grown, like, adult man that's like six foot tall. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> I wonder where you got that reference from, James. My tiny wonder, little dog. <laughs> wonder how you pulled that out of your brain box. Um, so yeah, so and that's something to think about when you're running giants. Is like think about how small and insignificant you would feel standing next to a twenty-six foot tall version of basically a human being in in like physical aspect, mental. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, so storm giants—they're depicted as like holding lightning, which is really yeah. cool. They they um, they know loads of stuff. Yeah, Some stuff they look at the stars and it just occurs to them. I think storm giants could be mistaken by commoners as gods. Oh yeah, easily yeah. Uh, and that's uh, that's a great way to imagine them. So yeah, so they they are contemplative seers, is how the monster manual describes them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they live really far away and they just don't give a fuck. So. For them to get involved, something's got to be going down. For them to be like wanting to come and do something and be active, it's a big deal. Yeah. Next is the cloud giant. Now, the cloud giant is 20 foot, uh, 24 foot tall on average uh, and is the second down in the ordering. James, tell me about cloud giants. Um, they basically consider themselves as, as the big cheese up until a storm giant comes along and tells them he's really boss. Um, because the storm giants don't, don't all the giants do that until the next one up no, comes no, along. No, no, not really. I think because okay. the I think because the storm giants separate themselves to that extent, the the cloud giants actually go around bossing other giants around. Right. They're, okay. They're like, you know, in a job, there's always that power hungry like middle management person who's like an absolute <laughs> knobhead that no one likes. <laughs> Yeah, that is the cloud giant, and then there's the actual boss. And when the actual boss turns up, they're all sort of like really nice, and they follow all the rules. <laughs> okay. Um. But yeah, they they live on mountains or on their magical clouds. Yeah, they um, have those floaty magical yeah. puff clouds, yeah. um, which no one knows how to make anymore because the knowledge of how to do that was lost when the the, the last kingdom got destroyed. Yeah. Um. They like growing gardens and keeping flying beasts. Um, as much a king would keep eagles. Um, yeah. And they're really into extravagant beauty. Now, they also really like wealth, but yeah. they don't care about a bag full of gems. But if you had a bag full of jewellery made out of those gems, then they're bothered. Um, Which is fun because in most like cases, when you're an adventurer and you find treasure... You're like, oh, great, I found a necklace with a, with a ruby in the bag. Ah, I found five rubies. Great, let me have those. Yeah. Like, it's the other way around. Yeah. Um, they're really sort of like ostentatious, I think the word is. Um, yeah. 
as I said, they they will very much boss boss people around, um, like whether that's other giants or sort of smaller creatures, um, and make them do things for them. Yeah, they don't really do anything quickly either. They kind of like yeah, they're oh. like oh, and they're the other spellcasters as well. Yeah, so they they are um, yeah, they're described as better spellcasters than most other giants. Yeah, um, some of them like control elements like water and um. And can can weirdly enough bring storms, even though they're not storm giants. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they're they're like the they act like kings and noble people. Yeah. Um. They vaguely pop up in the first half of Tyranny of Dragons. The what's that bit called? I can't remember. Um. Of the of the two adventures. Yeah. Uh. Rise of the Dragon Queen. Yeah, I think it's the horn. But I don't know. Yeah, Tyranny Dragons. Yeah, um, they pop up in that because you there is Skyreach Castle, which is yeah. one of their f- floaty cloud castles, um, which players can go to and crash and get loads of stuff from. Sick. Yeah. Uh, then we move down to the Fire Giant, and this is the first time that the height order is out of line with the ordering order because Fire Giants are eighteen foot tall in uh, on average. Yeah, and so are the stone and the frost as well, I think. Yes. No, the frost is slightly taller. Oh. That's oh, where yes, it's out of are. order. Well, I think the reason for that is um, the fire giants are basically like your Roman legionaries and the, the frost are your barbarian horde. What? How does that associate to their height, James? It doesn't, but that explains why the fire giants are considered better than the frost giants. Right. Yes. Okay. I'm with you. I thought I thought you were thought you were saying that's why they're shorter, and I was like, no. I'm not picking up on that. Um, I mean, yeah, okay. they are. They are the dwarves well, of the giants. They are the dwarves. That's what. I, that's where I thought you were going with it because they are master crafters and organized warriors. Oh. Yeah. Uh, tell me about them. They they um, live in volcanoes. Yeah. Yeah, live in volcanoes. They are actually pretty clever. Um, okay. They obviously that goes along with like the whole the whole crafting thing. Um, I think the the line in the monster manual or wherever is like literally they'll make like unpierceable armor, and then go. You know what? I'm going to make someone to pierce that. Um, yeah. And it's <laughs> I imagine I imagine they have like an arms race with themselves. Um, yeah, and they they're effectively end up being like feudal feudal lords. They'll um you know they'll conquer places and make them serve them. Um, they will quite happily take smaller creatures as, as slaves. Um, they'll take dwarfs and chuck them in the mines. They'll get humans, make them do the farming. Um, mm. But they are the reason they're as successful as they are is because they have a lot of discipline and a lot of training. Um, they are very strict in that regard, which is what probably lets them be so successful in their sort of position. Yeah. They're uh they're militaristic and they're um they don't really care. They'll get they'll just take people and make them do stuff for them like as slaves, really. I found. Yeah. Whenever whenever fire giants seem to come up in adventures, they've kidnapped people and they're making them work for them. I, know, I suppose it's like when the, the only the evil ones would come up in an adventure, really. Because you, yeah, you could you could have feasibly um, a a good fire giant who yeah he rules over his sort of thing and makes people farm for him and stuff, but mm. he gives them protection and, and sort of helps them out in that regard. 
That's an interesting plot hook. Save that one for later. Let's move on to the frost yeah. giants who come next in the order. Yeah. Uh, they are, on average, 21 feet tall. Yeah. Um, they are basically like Vikings. Yeah. Um, they, they go out raiding. They respect strength above everything else. Um, they will... Yeah, they like treasure and stuff, but they'd rather use the treasure to trade for stuff with other giants. Um, they don't make their own stuff short of like what they can put together from the ruins of their enemies. And uh, yeah, that's Frost Giants pretty much. Yeah, they are all about strength over everything else. They're the type of people that would respect deciding something with a fight over yeah. anything else. That they, that, or, or an arm wrestle would, would probably do in some cases. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna arm wrestle the giant, <laughs> but if you want to, be my guest. If you've, if you've got the right belt of giant, fire giant strength, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So after frost, it's stone, stone giants. They are on average also eighteen foot tall, like the fire giants. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they're they're like the soft boy giants, aren't they? Yeah, pretty much. Um, they're like the hippies. Yeah. Um, I actually missed missed them out when I was I was checking things. Um, uh, would, you, would you like me to say? Yeah, this one? you're gonna have to take this one, Ben. Okay, so stone giants are um, they're more peaceful, they're more reclusive, and they're quite kind of quiet, as it were, unless you provoke them. So they are um, they tend to seclude themselves in caves or in or in big like cavern networks or um, they're just deep underground where they have rocky tunnels that they use to move around and then they'll have little towns based away hidden away um, they like it to be dark they like it to be quiet they like it to be hidden um among them i think the the main thing that they focus on is in, in a really hippie way kind of encompassing it all is that they're they're quite artistic so they tend to be like they'll do like cave um carvings or paintings that make these big murals and they they're they're also seen as like seers so they, they like, they'll draw something and like, oh, that's the, that I've seen the future. Um, they basically craft stuff out of stone and out of the walls that they live in, which is really cool. They are uh, quite athletic. They tend to be slender and lean, um, <laughs> much like me. Uh, <laughs> so they, um, yeah, they can run, basically. They're the runners of the giants. Um, and they, uh, they, well, I don't really know. It's, it's always been said that they kind of like, they dream of, of the world above. Like, it's like, it's not really real. Like, oh, the world they live in underground, that's the real world. And up, upstairs, the, the realm beneath the sky is kind of like fanciful and not realistic and not worth living in, um, because it's not sustainable. Yeah. Which is a weird way of looking at it, but I guess if you've lived underground long enough, yeah. that's kind of kind of how it goes. Um so yeah, I mean they are they're they're strong and if you fight them and you get in a fight with them, they it'll hurt. They tend to like throw rocks, basically, to um to smash people up with, but apart from that, yeah, they're really peaceful. Oh. That's the stone that's the stone chance. They have my heart. I love them. Love the stone boys. Funny enough, they're basically stoned all the time. Um, cool. Then we're on to the hill giants. I just feel bad for the hill giants. I don't know. I, I kind of like them in a weird way. 
The hill giants are the, the smallest of the pure giants, if we're not counting Ettons. They're 16 foot tall. Uh, and they are, they are the... the um, they, are, they, are, they are dumb as fuck. They're the baby <laughs> that was dropped by the nurse when it was born. Uh, yeah, they're selfish, they're selfish, they're dim, they are, they're a little bit, um, like, tribal in a way. Yeah, I mean, like, their way of deciding who's in charge, like, they have no comprehension of the ordning. All the other giants <laughs> are like, I know what the ordning is and I'm going to follow it. All the hill giants are like is, the other giant bigger than me, he better. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. it. As, as long as you are bigger than a hill giant... You are fine. They will not fuck with you. And unfortunately for us, we will not ever be bigger than a hill giant, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, unless um, something really bad goes goes on. Yeah, they really like eating. They will eat anything as long as it's not poisonous. They're, they're like fat strong. Yeah. They're not like muscly strong. They're fat strong. Yeah. They throw their weight around. Um, Stupid and deadly is one of the sub uh, subheadings under the hill giant. And I think that kind of yeah. sums it up really well. Yeah. They'll just pull up a tree and use that to whack you with or throw it at you. <laughs> Which um, you, you know, they won't make any weapons. They'll just grab whatever they can grab with their like huge meaty hands and just chuck it at you. Mm. Or just pick you up and put you in their mouth. Yeah. I mean, why waste time crushing it? Just chew it up. Uh, their CR is five for for reference. So that's kind of where you're at with the hill giant. Yeah. Uh, okay. What are the giants doing now, James? What have they got going on? Um. Anything? Who fucking knows? Literally, the end of Storm King's Thunder. It leaves it all up in the air. For for lack of a better phrase, with the old uh, yeah uh, um, cloud giants. Like you, you get to the end of it, and it just kind of goes. Well, it's up to you, really. Um, you know. Maybe the giants start working with the small people, and so Adam looks down and goes, "All right, fine, I'll fix the ordning." Or maybe he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, great. Thanks, lit- thanks. Literally, module. like last last update is the ordning got shattered. There was kind of an adventure in there somewhere. They didn't write it. Um- <laughs> <laughs> James, so could you tell them a bit bitter about this one? I remember you getting really into wanting to run Storm King this was, for us. This was the first module book I bought. Oh, it was so the first sorry. module book I bought and I read it and I was like, oh, so I have to do all the work. And I mean, like, literally, like, you have to, you have to do all the work. Yeah, and I, there are some adventures that are like that, but... Um, yeah, Storm King's Thunder is one of those ones that really, really need it. Really yeah. needs it. It's it would they would have been better off reskinning it into a proper settings guide and giving you more stuff on different locations in it. Um, yeah, but yeah, the the yeah. the current place the giants are at is their ordning has technically been shattered. It hasn't been fixed. Um, and I'm just doing. A, I'm just double checking to see if there's a canonic ending to the adventure because. Um, I don't actually know whether the ordering ordering is intact uh, in in current Faerunian uh, lore or not. I mean, in I know in our game it is technically because well, yeah, in ours Storm is, King's yeah. Thunder never happened. Yeah, because um, um, we play them in our own in our own order. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I can't actually find an answer on that. 
which is um, frustrating. So I guess you can kind of you can kind of take it whichever way you want, play it around whatever way you want to play it. Uh, hang on, where's this? Here? So it literally here. says, um, Hecton, who's not the king, by the way, <laughs> yeah, um, admits that he should have heeded Neri's his wife's words. Um, storm giants and small folk can work together, he claims, and this is really on the nose, to create a better world free from the tyranny of dragons. Ah, <laughs> oh, then it then it then it sets um, up the next adventure. Then, blah, 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 blah. Um, this he believes is the test that Anna the Allfather has thrust upon him, and this alliance he helps to restore the ordering as it was. And it's- so the last thing about the ordering on the history wikis and things is. Um, uh, Anam saw uh, the complacency in his children Anam broke the ordering thereby allowing giants to create their own social structures and see who would come out on top so it would seem that as current I guess we'll find out when Big B Presents comes out um, as current the ordering is still shattered in Faerun they're so going to battle that (laughs) yeah I'd be surprised if that's still the case but um, but there you go. So Storm King's Thunder happens. The ordinary gets broken. Uh, maybe an adventure happens in there somewhere. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? But the giants are probably all fighting, um, which I think is an interesting place to have it. The ordinary's a cool thing. Um, personally, I think it's more interesting that it's broken because then you can have adventures where there are giants trying to real like put it back into place, and there are giants who are trying to fight their way up and and punch a, a grade above them. Yeah. Which is which is a cool kind of place to be in world, but um, but otherwise there's not much going on for them right now. No, they're just kind of there. Kind of makes them the perfect creature. Makes them a weird creature to get a book. Let's be honest, considering their adventure came out, God knows how many years ago. When did Stonking Thunder come out? God, just quickly flicks to the front of the book. Just... I'm gonna I'm gonna guess 2011, 2012. Um... No, that seems too late. What would it be? First printing, September 2016. Oh, wow. I was well early. Yeah. Okay. So it seems weird that their their book is about them is coming out now um, when they've got nothing going on. But maybe that makes them the perfect creature to use in an adventure. Yeah. Because they've not got a lot going on. James, if you were going to use giants... In your D&D adventure as maybe a side creature or a main villain, um, there are some things that you would need to do that. There are some shiny, clickety-clackety things. There are, because you've got to roll up a giant. And I'm, I'm going to hope that one of the things that Glory of the Giants gives us is, much like in Volo's Guide to Monsters, tables to roll up interesting-looking giants on. That'd be so cool. But you need dice to roll on those. Where can you get dice, James? The Dice Dungeon. Yeah, you can. The Dice Dungeon is a wonderful, uh, well, it's wonderful people running a wonderful shop. That's the best way I can I can describe it. Uh, ben and Dave run the Dice Dungeon. They're based here in the UK. They ship worldwide and they have wonderful premium D&D dice, whether you want metal, acrylic, resin. They've got beautiful deluxe dice sets now. They also sell D&D books. So if you are looking to get your hands on Big B Presents Glory of the Giants, Go and have a look at dicedungeon.co.uk. There's a link down below. Um, they uh, normally offer the limited edition covers of the books too. It's where I get my limited edition covers uh, for my D&D books. And they are always gorgeous. And they always come like super, super quick too. Yep. So 
go and have a look at that. They also sell lovely accessories right now. They have um, pretty much like a few days ago, like a week ago, launched their new D&D players travel case. And you may have heard us talk about the the big bag of holding that they sell, the, the, the bag that DMs can use to like put all their books and things in one place and carry them around if you're a moving DM like I am. Well, if you're a player that goes to your, DN, uh, your DM's house to play D&D, the player's traveling case is for you. It's basically an A4 case to put your character sheet in, maybe a couple of books, some dice, some pens. It can double up as a dice rolling tray. It's great. It's like having a real life adventurer's kit. Go and have a look. DiceDungeon.co.uk, link below. Fill up your basket. Use the code WESPEAKCOMMON at checkout. You'll get 10% off. And if, I don't know, there are some six formers listening who want to get their teacher a present, you know, at the end of the year because he's done so well in history class, maybe this is the kind of place you should look. I don't know. I don't know. That's a really weird example to pull off the top of my head. But if, if that's a thing, then, you know. Look, James, I'm using my power for good. Um, <laughs> hey, if you're playing D&D and you're thinking, yeah, those giants sound awesome. I want to use them. But how the hell do I describe something that's 26 foot tall? Head over to Describe. It's about D-S-C-R-Y-B. Describe, if you add a .com on the end, is the website to go to. They've got professional creative writers doing all the hard work for you, taking uh, basically box text from your adventures and making it specific for things, whether it's monsters, places, uh, spells, animals, literally planes of existence, everything. They are describing so much stuff for you to take and use in your games right now. Go and check it out. Um, they've also got a Sonic library if you're trying to get loads of cool music and stuff for your games. We play over Discord most of the time when we're not playing in person. And I I have soundtracks. I play stuff through playlists. I play stuff through um, Discord to the players. So if you're looking for music and sound effects, they've got that going on. And they've got maps too. Uh, there's over 10,000 scenes. Mental. 500 of them. Three for you to use right now. Links in description. Go have a little look. Try before you buy. And if you want to subscribe to one of their uh, many different affordable subscription tier levels, then you can use the code COMMON at checkout to get 10% off. They are um, both great resources for all things D&D. Okay, let's give some ideas on how to use giants and then let's wrap this up. So, James, I want to run a giant-based adventure for my D&D party. What you got for me? I've literally just come up with this idea. If you've got an evil party, yeah, including like a warlock would make it extra make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it is their job to go and persuade some giants to stop worshipping Adam's children and instead to defect over to, to demons like Castici or Grolanta, um, as sometimes happens. That would be pretty cool. Trying to convince a cloud giant to worship something that's not a giant. Yeah. <sighs> tough, tough sell, tough crowd. That. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of, cause we, t- you said earlier, you said something earlier about like, oh, if a giant's turning up a campaign, it's probably evil. Yeah. I like the idea of a party starting off lower level, growing up through the ranks, working for a group patron using the rules in Tasha's. And down the line, when they get to like level nine or something, finding out that their patron is a storm giant. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like imagine walking into this giant hall and, and you know, and you, you have to really sell it. You have to sell the gravitas of it. Describe how big everything is. Make sure the players feel small. Yeah. That's the trick. Make them feel tiny. I mean, um, it would and be- then having a storm giant, like talk to them. Yeah. Like, oh my God. 
it, I mean, you could even do that with like a fire giant. Like really, well, really yeah, yeah, yeah. throw them for a loop because everyone expects the fire giant to be the mean evil one. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, I, uh, if you want some giant inspiration, there's that, there's a scene in The Hobbit. I think it's the first one, an unexpected journey where then they leave Riven, is it Rivendale? I think so. And they are walking along the cliffside and the two giants fight and they're made out of rock. Yeah. That's really cool. There's this kind of trope that anything that's huge moves like really slowly. Yeah, I mean, even quite fun to play with. Even the scene um, where it's the, I think the trolls. Um, yes, you've, yeah. You, I mean, you you've got that size difference, um, and they're they're very hill gianty with like the cooking and and the intelligence and stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, hill giants are an easy one to use in an adventure. They just come out and start eating shit and then you can go out and kill them if need be. But then you could also discover that the reason that they're eating your stuff is because they've been chased off of their previous land by something else and you've got to um, go and deal with that. Yeah, I think my main kind of takeaways for using giants are um, focus on size, really like nail in that description, make sure you're ready to describe that. Um if you're like like you've just said, use the hill giants as kind of the no morals. I can kill this thing. I just want to swing my sword and hit it. Creature that leads to more things. And then when you're doing more political, a more thought out role play scenarios, that's when you're using your clouds, your storms, your fires. Yeah. Because the fires can be those ones that you just go in and fight, but also they can be because they've got this this kind of militaristic order. They can be negotiated with. Yeah, I mean, think about it as well. Like their crafters, like their their crafting ability is legendary. Like it could be your job to go and get them to make something for you or steal oh something God. from them. It's like like in Endgame when Thor has to go to Nidavellir and get the dwarf who is huge yeah. to make him a new weapon. Like you have to go and convince the fire giant to make you a new weapon to fight the big bad evil. Yeah. That's a great side quest for an ongoing campaign. Um, I mean, another great thing to do with like the storm giants, especially um, you've got to go and get them to tell you something. Um, and they know the answer. Yeah. They just probably don't want to bother telling you. Wait, first you've got to find them. Yeah. Then you've got to convince them to tell you. Then you probably have to do something when you convince them. They're like, okay, but if you do this. Yeah. And you've got to go do it. Then you go back and they tell you. And then you've got to get back from wherever the hell they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's not going to be an easy place to get to. Yeah. Um, um, I love all of this stuff. I just think like. You can always as well have good old classic because we probably didn't stress this enough. Dragons and giants fucking hate each other. Oh uh, like, yeah, like, just do a dragon fight in a giant. Yeah, and and literally have a town stuck in the middle of it. That could be a great sort of weird freeway battle party versus a giant versus a dragon all at the same time. Yeah, if you want, if you want, if you just want a crowd pleaser, it's like <laughs> it's like that scene in Godzilla when he's like, "Let them fight, <laughs> like, just just let them fight, just let the players be part of that, watch them fight." It's dope. Let them pick a side and choose, you know. Yeah, that could be a good way of introducing a lower level party to like a fucking adult or ancient dragon in that they have to sweep in and clean up after it's disposed of a giant. Oh God. And then they're like, they know it's out there. Yeah. 
and and it's got their scent and they'll have to go for it at some point yeah um some more inspiration jason and the argonauts is a great um idea this i'm pretty sure there's some giants in that look at um i could be wrong look at uh odyssey the dragon lords because it has titans in it um specifically some of the late game stuff the the air quotes dlc adventures after the campaign um that take it up to level 20 uh what else just use them i just think they're underused just use giants i haven't used giants like properly yeah i haven't really properly used them either use them well actually i said that they are going to be getting used but with our new character in tyranny we have got a giant inspired character in tyranny and actually one thing that i think storm king thunder is good for is the magic runes check those out in storm king thunder if you've got a copy of it I mean, um, there are some cool magic items at the back as well. That's true. But the, I mean, yeah. The, 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 the worm skull throne, now that could be a whole adventure in itself. What is that? It's like a, a magical throne which has got like, the spirit of like an ancient blue dragon in it. And the only way of destroying it, which nobody knows, is like collecting these five staffs and then destroying them all at the same time. So you'd have to go find out how to destroy it and then actually destroy it. And, and that's just kind of, it's just there in the adventure. It doesn't really do anything. I love that the one item you've picked out of the adventure that's about giants that you said is really cool and could be a whole adventure <laughs> has nothing to do about giants. Well, it does because it, that's the, it's the throne Hecaton that the king of giants sits on. His wife got it yeah. for him as a present. Okay, you've really buried the lead on that one, James. <laughs> you just said it was a throne with a dragon in. I always imagine a human-sized throne. No, it's, it's giant-sized. It's upsized. And in fact, if you sit it's in upsized. it... <laughs> yeah, we, we don't worry, Hecate. We up we upscaled this throne for you. No, literally, that's what happened. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> it was it was built by like dwarven gods initially. Okay, um, and if you <laughs> the smallest of the gods made it for the biggest yeah, of the gods. And if you if you sit in it, and you're not like Hecaton with like the special staff that goes with it, you just basically get paralysed and stuck in it until he comes along and lets you out. <laughs> Great. So Great. I've just got this image of Hecaton being like having some like angry little person shouting at him because oh, for God's sake picks him up and plops him on his chair. <laughs> uh, I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. Go and check out Giants. Use them. They're cool. Um, closing statements. James, what you got for us? Um, Giants big. <laughs> Literally go big or go home with them. Yeah, yeah. No, that I. Do you know what? I was laughing at you because you said the obvious, but that's um that's a fantastic point. Go big or go home. Give them the stature they deserve. Yeah, is a is a is a, another way of saying that. Um, I yeah. My thing is just think differently with them. Think outside the box. Don't just go. Oh, evil giants fight them. Do something more interesting. They have this history of a long divided civilization feed into that make it what you want of it because uh, make what you want of it because the law as you heard us discussing is all over the place anyway yeah so you can really go go to ham with it um make sure you are gonna go on. make sure if you've got the different types of giants in there that they are distinct as well yeah like really get in especially like if you've got like say like a fire giant and a cloud giant really try and get in there the difference with with like even their voices as well yeah, physicality, the way you play them, 
the voices, all of that's going to help to sell that they're all their own creatures, they're all their own thing. Um, and if you are going to pick up Glory of the Giants, which is stated to have, you know, layers, information, stat blocks, some subclassy stuff, then, you know, use that to make them unique. Give them unique layers, give them unique, unique things to do and say and be worried about. Make them more than their stat blocks. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, thank you for helping me fill these huge footprints and shoes that we had to stand in today to talk about the Giants. Um, I feel like I have a, a greater respect for the, the once grand beings who lost their place. Yeah. I, I always like that type of story, the, the great lost empire, and you've got the remnants of it just trying to cling on. Yeah, because they're kind of like the underdogs. You want to you wanna yeah. cheer them on until they enslave you and make them, you know, do shit for you, for them. Yeah, and you know, because if they're successful, their dad will come back. Yeah, oh, everyone wants their dad to come back from a milk run. <laughs> probably won't happen. I mean, that's, that's literally what he said. I'll come back once you've restored the kingdom. Hey, hey, <laughs> when you've earned my respect, <laughs> then I'll be your father. <laughs> okay and on that bombshell james i'm gonna i'm gonna call it there if you want to get involved with this conversation if you want to talk more about giants shoot some ideas around um get some ideas from us bounce them off the community there's there's one great place to do it it's the we speak common discord server it's free to enter you don't have to be in the ordning you just have to follow the link in the description below and you can join as a commoner you get access to the common room where we all just chat about anything DD and life in general there's uh there's memes there's which everyone that's what everyone's there for really is the yeah. memes uh, and loads of other rooms but of course to get the most out of the server is to uh support the patron there's loads of different tier levels by supporting the patron you get access to everything on the server including uh, a separate chat room to access to the vibe zone where we hang out and chill and talk on voice and chat you get to join all of the events not just the open community events that happen each month um the civitas project is open to everyone to get involved with which is our own setting we're all building together there's loads of stuff going on over there. Come and have a look. Come and hang out. Check out the Patreon if you want to give more. And if not, hey, there's other ways to get involved. Twitter, Facebook, here, right now, wherever you're listening, whatever app you're on, give us a little rating and share us with a friend. That's the best way to support the podcast. Um, cool. That's it. James, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I hope that um, no one is listening to this podcast during your class. They, they, they shouldn't be, as I've told them. They're not allowed to play me to me. If anyone is listening to this podcast during James's class, um, I don't know, do something really random, like like go up to him and tell him that uh, uh, his ears look particularly nice today. That'll, there you go, that'll, do that. That'll be Finley. Right, <laughs> we're done. Goodbye. Goodbye. for listening to the we speak common podcast network if you enjoyed the show be sure to leave a review on your platform of choice and share us with a friend or dnd group near you if you'd like to directly support the network and the production of new shows like the one you heard today head to the description of this episode or our social media pages for a link to our patreon page 
You can connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at We Speak Common. The network theme is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is held under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. You can find it on the Free Music Archive. We'll be right back. 